0: Welcome to the Experience Ed Podcast. I am Jim Steller. I am Mary Churchill. And I'm Adrienne Dooley. We bring you this podcast on experiential education with educators and thought leaders from around the country and the world. Nicole McLean is based in Toronto as the Vice President of College and University Partnerships for InStage Incorporation. InStage is an education-related company that offers an opportunity for people to practice specific interactions with simulated avatars in order to help prepare for experiences like job interviews, presentations, and other activities that depend on the soft skill of persuasive speaking. InStage is currently working with higher education institutions and related industries to allow students to practice the soft skills of interviewing wherever they want and as often as they need. Students pursuing cooperative experiences will directly benefit from a program like this. Nicole got her undergraduate degree in 2006 and went to work for Scotia Bank, where she rose through the ranks to be an assistant manager of the Calgary Training Center. In 2018, she made the transition to InStage Incorporation. The banking experience was important to her work at InStage, as she saw a need for a safe place to practice presentation skills just like we see in university students seeking job experiences while in college. As a disclaimer, Nicole, Jim Steller, and I virtually presented a paper for the Hybrid Waste Research Conference uh, taking place in Japan this year. In our paper, we focused on the use of simulations, which remains a general interest for us going forward. I would expect to hear more on this topic throughout future podcast episodes. Without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Welcome, Nicole, to this podcast interview. I must say that I feel a little funny interviewing you after our work together on the paper, but the Experience Ed podcast team really wanted to get this podcast done and insisted that I be the interviewer. So let's start with the elaboration on your move to InStage from the safe
1: world of banking. Right. Well, first off, thanks so much for having me. It's such a, a pleasure to be here. <laughs> but uh, banking. All right. Well, that's that was really the conception of uh, our conversation today, and and uh, where my entrepreneurship journey really began. Uh, so I spent ten years in a corporate career where I had one thing holding me back, which was my fear of speaking. So I'm an extrovert. I love uh, talking, meeting people, and so it's like how. do possible that I could have a fear of speaking, but it's true, I do. And it's something i struggled with throughout my entire banking career, where I wanted to avoid every presentation, I w- I didn't want to ask questions. And it got to the point where it was really holding me back. So what I did was I joined Toastmasters to try to help my skill set in banking. And uh, I had this five-minute Toastmaster speech, and I was practicing in front of the couch, uh, in front of my poor husband, over and over and over again. And finally, he said, well, for the love of our marriage, <laughs> there's has to be a better way for you to practice, because the anxiety you're putting yourself through for a presentation for Toastmasters is next level. And, and that's when I got introduced to the world of stimulation and the importance of, having a safe place to to practice.
0: Exactly. And so that's how InStage came about, right? Um, Tell us what it provides to college students specifically seeking to arrange internships, which possibly is their first internship ever um, in a workplace that's different from their familiarity with classes and the typical educational institution.
1: Great. Well, that's a great question. So um, everybody listening now, when I talk about a simulation, I I think the best way to describe it, if you can kind of visualize, a virtual avatars. So virtual avatars that look like people, they react like real people. Um, so if if we can kind of get that visual. So um, when we transition into to universities, uh, the biggest thing in, in colleges really. The biggest uh, learning that I felt with using the simulations is how can we create safe places for students to practice with these virtual avatars? So how can we you know, create environments where they can practice interviewing, where they can practice doing their elevator pitches, where they can practice having difficult conversations? And the best analogy, Adrian and I can give you is uh, everybody's watch- watching the soccer right now. Yeah, um, of The course. soccer game. <laughs> Or I think uh, they call it, uh, they like to call it football <laughs> if you're, yeah, on, right. the other, if you're <laughs> on the other side of the world. But could you imagine if soccer players didn't practice for the, the game and the championships that they're doing right now? And, yeah. And if we take that to the next level, could you imagine if they didn't get to practice on a field, a soccer field? with, you know, goalies and whatnot. And then if we take it to the next level, we could do imagine if they didn't get to practice with teammates. So by using these simulations, the whole idea is, is how can we put students in an environment that feels like the environment with these digital avatars that they're gonna face in their workplace. And the exciting thing with technology is we can do that. We can put them in with these virtual avatars so they can practice, repeat, build confidence to be successful in the workplace. And, and that's really become my mission. I love that connection that
0: you just used about the soccer analogy. It's so funny, I just have to revisit it briefly because that's exactly what I tell my speech therapy clients. It's like, we have to practice in this room just like a soccer team practices outside in a field right before the big game. And it's kind of funny how that analogy can really apply to so many fields of practice, but um.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And the, the biggest pivotal moment for me and and really the evolution of, of these simulations was we had a student that was in Canada. She was only about 15 years old. She had been in Canada for about three months. And she was at a, a school and we had all the students, you know, go through and practice their presentations in front of this virtual audience. So it felt real and the, they were doing it. And this particular student was in there and she was doing her presentation. And I'll never forget to this day, I looked over and her teacher was jumping up and down. I'm like, well, that's, you know, she seems very excited (laughs) about this presentation. But it turns out it was the first time this this, um, young girl had felt comfortable enough to speak English for the first time. Oh, my gosh. And and that was really, really pivotal. I mean, it's life changing. It's life changing. Yeah. And when you, when you talk about, you know, your profession, Adrian, it's, it's unbelievable to think, wow, like you can really have an impact if you can create safe places for them to build confidence and, and not miss out and be able to come to Canada and, you know, feel comfortable enough to, to speak English. So I would imagine
0: that um, the number of times someone's practiced practices in your system helps them make those emotional connections with that process of presenting oneself in a completely new situation. The question is, how do you think that practicing a number of times with your system helps students to make that emotional connection with the process of presenting oneself that is so key to cooperative educational universities like Northeastern, the one that I attended?
1: So that's that's a great question. Really and and truly with with using these simulations, we, you know, as a company, one of the biggest metrics we go after is something called believability. So if you take earlier in our conversation that, you know, that soccer or football field have you will, how can we create these environments for students to believe that they're actually doing those things? Because if they believe that they're doing that thing, so if it's a presentation, a, a difficult conversation, uh, answering different questions. If, if they can believe that, then they're going to be able to ha- build confidence. And then, if they can build confidence, then they're going to be able to bring their best foot forward. So, as a as a company, we see uh, we encourage practice. Of course, that's what we're all about. But we see yeah, the typical students. <laughs> we see the typical student practice an average of five times per simulation. Uh, our stats have shown about 74% of participants will say they have an increase in confidence after one rep. So could you imagine after, yeah. So after five times, you can imagine the the boost there for them to be able to go in and just do reps before they actually go and do that thing. And And uh, yeah.
0: Honestly, to me, I would have expected many more repetitions than just five. Um, that's such a low number to have such great results. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and we see some students will go in and I think it's a minimum of two times and we've seen some, I think our high debt was 97 times. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so someone's really dedicated. <laughs> they really wanted that job. Yeah, which is great because now they have the tools to get that job. Yeah, yeah. And the great thing about technology is when we, we take into account bite-sized learning is they they only need to go in for 15 minutes. So if we can wow. get them to go in and learn quicker, build the confidence quicker, then they're that much more prepared. And one topic I'm fascinated about today is when we think about retention rates, like students only take in. of information at best of what we teach them. So 95% of what we're telling them gets lost. So imagine if we can marry practice with content where they can actually go in, practice all this great information that you're sharing with them in this safe place, then now you've really taken that experience from 5% to as a result show at least 95% where they've done the experiential learning, they're confident and they have the best chance possible of getting that job and or being successful in the job. I mean, it's really impressive. So tell us what you think is in the future
0: for the world of simulation.
1: That's a really big question. Yeah. Maybe we can narrow it down uh, (laughs) to the work of experiential
0: education.
1: Well, if you ask my engineering team, they're going to talk to you all day long about the advancement of AI technology and how can we continue to advance students talking in these simulations and, and allow it to be more automatic. The other piece is the uh, VR component. As a company, we started out in the VR headsets. We've moved more uh, online where it's more accessible and accessibility with the headsets is a real challenge today. So when we see these headsets hit a consumer market, meaning every student or everybody just has a headset in their house where they're now when they go to school, it's kind of like a textbook, right? So when they go to school... They, you know, have their content. They're learning now. They can go practice their simulations, um, kind of side by side. So that's the real future. Is I think um, in education is how can we really uh, marry or embed these this experiential learning in every course. This shouldn't just be this one off co-op. It should be right. hey, you know, you're you're taking 15 courses through all these semesters this year, and you've done you know, 50 hours of practice in all of these courses. Imagine the pedigree a student could have. Um, and we know it's a problem because every employer comes back and says soft skills is a continuous problem. We haven't been able right. to solve solve it. So I think it's, um, I'm kind of going on on a long-winded explanation. Well, no, like, please. Get excited about it. <laughs>
0: well, and the enthusiasm just is, speaks to how much success you've had, right? Because we're always inspired. Like, this is working. This is great. I've found something to help people. So it's just a positive element that could really change a lot of people's lives. And I know outside you and I have talked so much about how this could change the world uh, in my profession of speech therapy, simply because I know having been through grad school, being in a healthcare profession where this could change the way I learn. Oh, in speech therapy, uh, I see an opportunity to almost eliminate that third extra clinical fellowship year, because that fellowship year, you're working as a fully licensed clinician, but you have a supervisor that helps you with what people consider the soft skills. Like, okay, that was a really hard conversation that you had to have. This is what I would have done in my experience. And it's just a mentorship program. There's no grading, there's no Um, You're fully licensed. There's like really no going back at that point. It's just that the community of speech therapists assigned someone specifically to monitor you in that final transitional year because in school, they pretty much are admitting that they didn't focus on the application or the actual, what people consider again, the soft skills of the profession. And I mean, we could. Really change the structure of schooling if kids were making or students, not kids, excuse me. We're making that same type of progress in the same amount of time. It, it really could have larger impacts down the road, Huge. which
1: Huge. is really really impressive. Um, I agree. I agree. And and to give you an example of what you just said, this week I had a student that uh, had was using InSage, um in the classroom. he reached out to me to have a chat so he said sure no problem i love you know hearing feedback from students and he had a powerpoint prepared and and it was the sweetest thing because he said nicole i wish i had this in my second semester because I had a co-op interview. I made it to the third round and I didn't get the job because oh. it, it was all about soft skills. But if I could have used this tool in second semester and I, th- I should share this because I actually clipped it for um, to, to share. And he said, I'm coming to you here today with this presentation because I don't want my classmates that are doing the next round to miss out like I did. And that to me, Adrian was heart-wrenching because to your point, if these students are going through, they're learning, you know, this is a, a very intelligent student. They're learning all the great technical skills of their profession. And then they miss out on the opportunity because they didn't have a chance to practice in a safe place um, to, to give them that better, you know, better shot right. at getting the job or doing the career. For me, that keeps me up till three in the morning and wanting to work hard and fighting for these students to say to these educational institutions, come on, you got to take advantage of this technology for your students. Right, and that and that's such an unfair advantage for someone who might have those
0: skills yeah. that have come naturally because yeah. if they actually have those skills, they only have to learn the tools to get the job where the other individual exactly. also learned, this, learned the tools to get the job just as equally, but maybe didn't have that natural ability yet, which right. can be developed in everyone. Everyone has the capacity of course, now this isn't speech. Oh, I'm just hit me talking. <laughs> Everybody has the capacity yeah. to speak and communicate um in a manner that could complete a job, right? So just because you need a little more support or direction, uh, yeah. maybe your life experiences are completely different doesn't mean that you're not entitled to get that job over the next person it just they had a little more practice so let's even
1: the playing field let's even the let's even that soccer field or football yeah, field. Oh, exactly yeah, but let's let's even it out and you're right like just because your personality might be more introvert or extrovert you shouldn't have to pay a price for your actual career while you're going to school right. Um, Because you, you're, you know, you're, you get nervous. I mean, an interview, for example, or an elevator pitch or a difficult conversation, you're going to be more nervous than you are if you're talking to a friend or a colleague. So to have those environments, like what you try to create to have them practice under that intensity, you know, and, and uh, have have that even playing field then then we're talking about a different story (laughs) right
0: exactly and if we can all think back to our college days that you know you can add to your resume Nicole thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me this morning I know we could talk about this topic forever as we have leading up to this podcast and we it was such a natural conversation that we couldn't resist but to record it for our listeners so that you could get in on such an important conversation about in stage and where technology is taking the future of experiential education
1: and thank you so much for having me uh adrian i i admire the work that you're doing with with students and um you know your clients that you're trying to help them as much create these practice fields and help them as much as possible. I find that admirable. And I think that there's the more people that we have that can come in all different ways to to help this issue so we can even out the playing field. I think the the better world and impact we can have on everybody. You know, everybody I, and nobody's going to miss out. So I admire what you do. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean so I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Who would have
0: thought that someone in your position and someone in my position have so much in common, right? Because it all boils down to just wanting to help people, yeah. just wanting to make sure that students are educated can pursue their dreams can communicate effectively and yeah. really maximize on their dreams. And you're yeah. doing that in one way. And I try and do that in my way. And yeah. it's really nice when we can come together and have these sort of different avenues collide and have such great conversations about Hoping that we get our students and our clients where they need to be to fulfill their Best. dreams. Yeah,
1: I agree a hundred percent. Let's keep going.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I look forward to talking to you more, Nicole. Um, Likewise. Thanks again for spending this morning with me.
1: Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We hope you will come back soon for the next
0: installation of Experience Ed. As we continue to talk about the neuroscience and sociology of enhancing higher education by combining direct experience with classical academic learning.